I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're gonna enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Adam. So in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to just talk to you about three things. Um, one is some mistakes to avoid that I've seen consistently that kill sales deals. And AEs make them all the time. Even the best AEs make them. Um, the other is to nail your ICP and how important really understanding who your ideal customer is. If you don't understand that, you're not going to scale sales. And then finally, um, some, some kind of tactics and processes that I've um, implemented to uh, win complex deals. So a bit about me. I'm a three-time software founder. Um, I've generated 20 million of ARR across my three companies. Um, I'm currently building DealPad, which helps sales teams um, generate revenue. And I've also been uh, a sales leader at um, Salesforce, Intuit, and three kind of 60, 70 million ARR SaaS companies. And across the, that period of time, about 20 years, I'm actually quite old, you know, you wouldn't really know it, but um, I've built a process to help my sales teams win more of the deals they're working on. And as product differentiation gets increasingly blurred and competitive pricing kind of almost rules you out of the market, the one reason that you'll win more deals is your sales process. And so that's what we focus on at DealPad, and that's what I'm going to talk to you about today in terms of what you can do to implement some ideas in your sales process that will help you win more deals. So I like this. I'm I'm a founder. I'm an entrepreneur. So this is a a great graph for founders. Um, But it's also really true for salespeople. Right? One minute we're brilliant. We've got all the confidence in the world. We think we can go out and close that one million plus um, kind of ACV. And the next minute we're really shit and we can't do anything. And and so the the line is there, just keep working because you're going to get there. Uh, And so I don't know how many founders are in the room, but this is great for founders and it's definitely great for salespeople. So the five mistakes that I've um, seen um, across, the, um, across my time in selling software over the last 20 years, accepting the first pain that you see. This is super important, and AEs, really good AEs don't do this, but the average AEs do. And what I mean by this is you're going to talk to a buyer, probably not your champion, and you're going to find a pain. And that pain probably sits locally inside the organization. It's probably not a global pain. It doesn't sit across the company. And what you really need to understand here is that if you accept that pain, you're losing revenue massively. You're leaving it on the table. And so drill in. And I keep telling my AEs to drill into the pain because the first, second, third pain you see is not the real pain. You need to make sure that you've got access to the executive team. Is this problem business critical? Does it sit across the organization? And that's where you're going to start to build out really high value deals. And AEs miss that because what they do is get excited when they hear that first pain and they dive in for that. It's not a bad thing, so there's nothing wrong with this, but it does mean that you're now going to be in in an organization. I had an AE that sold into Oracle, and we had a 7,500 ACV deal in Oracle. Nuts, right? But but 
the team were happy because we'd just signed Oracle as a customer, but Oracle didn't know anything about this deal. It was some guy sat in wherever he was in Poland and, and you know, needed something that, that we, we delivered. But we, it was, try now going back into Oracle and selling through that organisation. It was impossible. Oracle stayed a £7,500 customer. We couldn't, we just couldn't upsell them. The next is do not invest time in deals if you don't have executive sponsor. I see this so often. Salespeople spending time in deals where they don't have access to buying authority. They've got a champion. They've got somebody that loves the product. They're evangelical about it, but you can't get access to the exec sponsor. Pull out immediately. I won't let my team sell into a a company if we get past qualification. We do not sit discovery unless we get exec sponsor access. It's it's one of our conditions. If if you want a demo, if you want to go through discovery with us, we need to have exec sponsors on that call. Otherwise, we don't move forward. And if they want to buy from us, then they'll do that. If they don't, then they won't. Really important. You can waste hours of time in deals that don't close because you don't have access to the people that actually are going to sign this off. The third one is demoing too early. If you demo early before you've gone through really deep discovery, you're forcing yourself to get embroiled in feature selling because you're just showing people features. That's what a demo is. The demo should come at the end. Don't show your product until you've actually gone through a discovery, you've identified the pain, you've agreed with your buyers that we are a solution that can solve that pain. Now, great, what does this look like? Who's going to use this? Let's get them on a call and let's show them the product. But you don't need to see the product until we actually agree that we can solve a problem for you and we know that we can solve it as well. And that takes time. If you're demoing on that first call, you're embroiling yourself in feature selling and not value selling. And so again, your ACV is going to get low. You might close the deal. You might not walk away from that, that deal and think, oh God, that was awful because you've got a new customer, but you're leaving revenue on the table. Um, allowing the buying team to dictate the process. This is a hard one, particularly as you get into more complex, um, kind of higher enterprise type deals. Most buyers are very, fairly sophisticated these days and they have their own process. One of the things that we've really focused on at DealPad is how to align with the buyer through the process so you're partnering with them. And so it's not me selling to them and it's not them running their process. We do this together. And it's, it's a game changer. But make sure that you know, your team aren't just telling you what's going on in this process and you have no control over it because that's the worst place you could be as a salesperson. And then finally is not quitting fast enough, staying in these deals that you don't think you're going to close. Really, really important. One of my teams, I think I've got a slide in there, but one of my teams wasted two and a half thousand hours one year selling into deals that we didn't close across that team. If we redeployed that time into deals we thought we could win or had a better chance of winning, you know, I think we we delivered about 75% of our annual quota that year. We could have smashed through it if we'd actually redeployed the time we wasted in deals that we didn't close. So close fast. And the benefits from doing the right thing are very small in sales. The benefits from pulling out really quickly are massive. It's discipline. Trying to coach a sales team to leave a deal and walk away from an opportunity is hard. But in the long run, it's the best thing to do. So how do we find our ICP? Well, the first thing you need to understand is why are customers buying from you? A typical, if I asked nine out of of 10 AEs, a typical answer would be, well, we've got an ERP system that helps automate um, accounting. Well, that's not why customers are buying from you. Customers are buying cash flow. 
Because with your ERP system, they get cash in the bank 30 days faster. That's what they're buying from you. Understand what customers buy from you. Dealpad customers buy revenue. They want to close more of their deals. They want to book more revenue. That's why they come to us. They don't come to us because we've got mutual action plans and we've got a buying experience platform. They come because we have the ability to help them generate revenue. That's what they're buying. So really understand what your customers are buying from you. And again, it's, um, it's, a, it's something that gets overlooked quite a lot. When we started our, uh, our, our ICP, um, for all of my companies really, we, we look at kind of understanding what the pain we're solving is. How critical is it? What happens if we turn this off? What are they doing today? You know, what tools are they using? Why is it inefficient? Why is their life not where they need it to be today? We really try to understand the pain we're solving from our, from our ideal customer. And then we look at the, the customer themselves. Who's, who are our buyers? You know, what do they care about? We, we actually go personal on this and we go deep and we really want to know who they are. This is probably not even work-related. We just want to understand who our ideal buyer is and what they look like. And it makes a big difference. So let's go into how we won ultra-complex deals. So there's a few things here. Um, 47% of enterprise sales deals don't close because you don't have access to the buying committee. 18% of competitors had stronger relationships. So these two are people-related. So we're looking here at almost 70% of deals that don't close are people-related. And it just goes to show how important it is when you're sitting out, talking about a sales opportunity, you have the right people at the table and you, have, you are able to access them. If you don't, it doesn't matter how good your solution is, how good your story is, it won't close. 17% no decisions. How can you affect no decisions? It's the, it's the biggest killer of, you know, of most mid-market deals is no decision. We're not going to do anything. And it, it, you know, it's a challenge. And there's no real answer to, to no decision. It's, it's more about how you partner with that buyer. Because if you can partner with them, you can take them through the process together, you're more likely to force a no decision into, into a decision which will mean they'll buy from you. And this was the 2,000 um, and a half hours loss. What's the, what's the opportunity cost of your sales team sat in deals that aren't going to close? And then champion, everybody gets a champion. Everybody has believers. The one thing that I see a lot of AEs miss is the coach. The coach for me is the most important person in your sales process. Your champion is probably going to be the influencer. They're going to be the ones that are going to get the exec team to the table. Your believers are the people that really want this because they see the pain, they feel it every day, they live the pain you're going to solve for them. But your coach, that's the person that's going to take you through that process. That's the person that's going to tell you, you know what, we've had this competitor come in and um, you know, they've built a really great relationship with the CEO. Or I was sat in a meeting last week and um, you know, great um, sentiment about your product, but X, Y, and Z is a little bit, um, you know, you're a little bit sceptical. You need a coach inside that business. You need to understand how they're thinking. Finding the coach is difficult, but it's the most important role you can have, I believe, in any mid-market to enterprise sales motion. And then you've got mutual action plans. And this is um, a, a kind of a, a, a bit of a demo for, for DealPad. Um, so mutual action plans, if you don't use them, are a really great way of aligning through the process with your buyer on everything that needs to happen. With DealPad, you can lock in everything that needs to happen here. You can bring all the people in place. Your buyers bring each other in. So now you don't need to go out and find your buying team. You're discovering your buying team through the process because your buyers add them in. And then it locks in a date for this task. So everything now is not built on intuition. So if I ask my sales team, 
before DealPad to forecast, and they say to me, well, this is going to close on the 30th of April, and these are the reasons why. That's full of optimism and intuition. So my CRM pipeline is just built of optimism. Now, when I do my deal, my deal reviews, and we've got DealPad, I'm actually saying, do we have everything aligned with our buyer, everything locked in, all the people we need, and has any dates slipped? That's how we forecast now, and it makes a massive difference. And then finally, for on, on the, this place, it's about value. It's taking your buyer through a process and not just running the process that your buyer wants you to go through. Have a process, whatever it is. This is what ours looks like. Ours is a kickoff and an exec sponsor meeting. We start there. Like I said, we don't go any further unless we've got an exec sponsor. And then we kind of build out you know, workshops, we interview people, you know, you know, we want to understand who our users are, we want to understand what their problems they're solving are. And everybody that we speak to in that team will have a different reason for using it. Everyone. And understanding what those reasons are are going to help you solidify that deal when you go through the process. This was um, a... Uh, and I, asked, I asked my customer if I could share this and they agreed with me. So um, this is a um, close one from um, one, uh, Q4 2021. Before one of our customers, this is one of our first customers, before they um, used DealPad, they took DealPad on in their first quarter, that's their close one. No shit. And that's the that's next quarter. By building in a process, by allowing your buyers to partner with you, by doing the right things, you're going to close more deals. Look, the best person to sell your platform is going to be your founder. It is doesn't matter if you're the chief sales officer, you're the VP of sales, whoever you are in this room, if you're not the founder, I can tell you that the best person to sell your product is going to be the founder. If your founder isn't involved in sales and your company is less than 100 million in revenue, you want to campaign and make sure they get involved in sales because they will, they will be the ones that will help you close those big deals. 100%. That's not even up for debate. If your founder is not involved um, in your sales process, you need to get them involved in your sales process. And when I think about my personal outreach, I, you know, I, I do cold outreach, and I get 70% more response from the people that I um, reach out to than, than my SDR team. That tells me that I should probably do more of it, and it's hard to do more as, as a, a, to be an SDR when you're running a business, right? But I see it works. And, and it, it's just gravitas, and it's, it's bullshit, because my SDRs are way better than me at what they do. I can, I can guarantee it. But because I'm the founder and I've got the CEO title, it just helps me get a response. And it's my job, because it's my company, to do whatever I can to generate revenue. And, um, yeah, and, and you know, it, the C-level relationships um, became the difference to us, closing a million ARR contracts um, in my previous business. Um, you know, I spent the equivalent of probably about, I don't know, hundreds of hours um, with, with our big top enterprise customers, helping my team close them, flying all over the world to do it. And it's not easy, but you've, you've, you know, it makes a difference. So I just want to talk to you very quickly about a process um, that we build at, uh, at DealPad. And so we take the, com the, the prospect from um, the kind of the very first engagement where you build out these personalized buying experiences and you curate all of the content and materials that your buying team need to have in one place. And now you've got your buying team in, your buying team invite each other in, so now you've got all the people involved, and you go through the process together, and you really understand intent fast. So you've got analytics that will show you how your buying team are engaging through your process, where the gaps are. Do you have all the right people in, in, in your team? You know, where do you need to really focus in? 
you can collaborate with them. So you're building a two-way sales process now. You're not sharing documents on email, chasing them up for introductions. You're actually partnering with them. And again, I can tell you from experience, if you're in a vendorship with five, three or five other vendors, I can almost guarantee you today, this will probably change, but today most vendors are sharing documents on email, on GDocs, on SharePoint. They're, they're chasing their buyers up. From a buyer, to have that on three or, from three or four vendors, it's a massive headache. If you can partner with them and you can show them how easy it is to work with you, you're way more likely to win that deal. And that's why, as I go back to one of the first things I said, building a sales process that will become your differentiator in winning more deals is critical when you're selling software today. So that's it. I'm not sure how long that was. Um, but come to, us, come to our booth. We'd love to give you a demo of DealPad, talk to you about what we can do. Um, we've got free mutual action plan templates, free SaaS playbooks. Come and get them. Um, we'd love to talk to you. Thank you so much.